0: That's Understood Explains, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life
1: podcast. I'm Christine Ko. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome.
0: We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we
1: believe that baby steps are the key to getting there.
0: Good morning, Asha. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you doing? I'm I'm great, and I'm excited to talk about hobbies today. I, love I know, hobbies.
1: hobbies. <laughs> Me, I, I you know hobbies. It's actually there's surprisingly a lot to talk about. You sort of say hobbies, and you think, oh yeah, that's my hobby. But there's a lot to talk about. There are a lot of feelings around hobbies,
0: especially sure. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because the word hobby kind of. Conjures, I don't know, it feels a little like light and fluffy, but I find them so important. So, anyway, the reason this topic is on my mind is one generally speaking, I think hobbies are really crucial for happiness. I actually think one reason my dad struggled a lot post retirement was that he didn't really have hobbies, which sounds a little odd, but he was so busy trying to raise seven kids and <laughs> working. 14-hour days, whatever. He was really busy. So after retirement, it was really hard for him. Second, I think there has been a lot more focus on hobbies during the pandemic and people experimenting with things as other areas of their lives have been limited. And third, I think it's really important we talk about this because with social media, I think there is a tendency to feel pressure to make things amazing and awesome. And that does not need to be the case. I'm here to just help people let go of that.
1: Yeah, no, this, (laughs) well, the timing of this conversation could not be better for me personally, because for a couple of reasons, actually, uh, and I, I very, like, I'm just going to talk about what you mentioned about your dad, you know, because I just actually returned from my mom's house, my first visit, my first visit to see my mom Mm. because I'm fully vaccinated and I haven't seen her since last summer. And, you know, we spent much of the time decluttering and doing stuff around the house and I encountered all of my dad's wood carving tools. So my dad, I think most of, you know, my dad passed away last year. He had been retired for 20 years and he took up very intentionally the hobby of wood carving and, you know, like carving little things Mm -hmm. um, for his retirement. He chose this hobby because he too worked really hard, but then, you know, a couple years before he retired said to himself, I need a hobby. And very much like an engineer went about deciding what that hobby would be. And, I'm sure you know, there was a spreadsheet. Yeah, there probably was a spreadsheet. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a long story, but the bottom line was, you know, I encountered all of these tools and a bunch of his unfinished projects and um, actually spent time with the next door neighbor who uh, was my dad's carving partner and got to talk to him about some of the stories that um that came from that hobby and let me tell you i couldn't it was like a whole new world Mm. i mean this hobby this little hobby of wood carving little animals gave him a whole new community of people and a chance to be a beginner again it sustained him creatively so anyway you know again this is a longer story but i have been thinking about hobbies this you know in a totally new way especially because you know even people who You know, you you talk about your dad who worked 14 hour days and, you know, he worked a lot. And so when he retired, he didn't exactly know, you know, how to transition into the leisure and, you know, recreation part of his life. You know, I am approaching the empty nest. And I think a lot of parents um, might actually identify with that. You know, Mm -hmm. you work, you think about stuff going on and you know, you got to transition into new ways of um, sustaining yourself. So anyway, long story, but I think this is a really important conversation.
0: Yes. And I don't have it at my fingertips, but I do believe there is some research. It's funny because I used to work in a cognitive aging lab back when Mm. I was a researcher at Brandeis. Uh, But I do think there is um, research out there saying something, trying to quantify some number of hobbies people should try to line up before they retire for those exact Mm -hmm. reasons Mm -hmm. to kind of stay connected and creative and keep your mind active, all those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited we're going to talk about that today.
1: Well, I am too. And I think, you know, there's one other little piece of this, which I think is important to mention right at this particular moment. And that is that, you know, you mentioned sort of pandemic hobbies you know, as the world begins to open up again and, you know, we're sort of out in the world socializing again, it's sort of an awkward transition, you know, Mm. for those of us who've, a friend of mine, she referred to it as she's been in her COVID hidey hole. Now Mm. I get that. And I have to say having, you know, in my case, you know, I've been sort of focused on gardening and reading and, as my major hobbies. And, and I find that those hobbies are acting like a little bridge to people again, and it's so much easier to connect with people around activities. And, um, so it's, it's interesting. There's a, I think, special role that hobbies can play right now. So anyway, I just think I'm glad we're talking about this and, and we're talking about this in a relaxed way.
0: Yes. All right. Well, let's dive in. I want to start my first recommendation of this episode and that is to try something forgiving. <laughs> so I will just speak from experience here that lately one of my favorite things to play with is watercolors, and I love this medium. I've always loved painting. I actually, before the kids, before I had kids, I actually took an oil painting class at a local art center, and I found it very difficult. It's very challenging. It's, you mm-hmm. need a lot of materials. You need, it's very stinky, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I stopped doing it once I had kids. And there's a lot of blending, and it. It, it it's just a lot. Whereas watercolors, one of the things I asked for my birthday last year was a little travel watercolor kit. So it's literally probably like four by four inches. I could stick it in a purse if I carried purses anymore or <laughs> or whatever. But anyway, it's it's compact. It's easy. And it's so forgiving just because of the natural blending, which is what watercolor is all about. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you have seen Asha, but in my stories I shared this weekend on Mother's Day or this past weekend, uh, by the time this airs, that'll be two weekends ago. But I've started painting some little vegetable pictures. So I started with carrots and beets. And produce (laughs) is kind of a perfect, non-perfect thing to paint because they're so wobbly and organic by nature and they look so cute uh i did not see these i
1: did not see these paintings so you're gonna have to text me a picture and find that thing and uh you know you're talking to a gardener um an imperfect gardener so i know all about imperfect produce wobbly (laughs) produce. um, embrace (laughs) i think that's wonderful and i think you know watercolors especially i mean literally you cannot control You, you i mean i'm sure there are people who can control them well but in the beginning, I think there's something beautiful about that. I love that I love that you're doing that. And I think um you know that leads me to my first tip, which is really don't take anything we say or your hobby too seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, hobbies really are supposed to be fun, and I think we need to all embrace the concept of being dabblers. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a dabbler. Like when you say I'm a dabbler, that just gives you permission for basically anything. So call yourself a dabbler, start there. And, and remember, too, I think it's – this is uh, – okay, I'll just out myself as somebody who has a difficult time with this. So, um, you know, when you're learning something new, you're bound to hit snags. I mean, this is what learning is all about, right? <laughs> but this is where Christine's point about social media really sort of hits home for me because – it's not like you're seeing pictures of the snags for the most part. You're only seeing pictures of the successful finishes. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of forget that that's part of the process, that frustration. That frustration and that sort of like, "Oh no, I messed up. I have to start again." That's part of the learning, and it's just very easy to lose perspective on all the time that takes. And but the more you expect it and the more you embrace dabbling, the more you can sort of relax into that gradual process of getting better at something, and that's I think where so much of the value of a hobby is. The hobby isn't in, you know, the successful little cute thing you have at the end, although that's super satisfying, obviously. It's really in all the other stuff that goes on, you know, while you're learning. So be a dabbler.
0: Yes, I love that. And I will say that I also think even when you get kind of good at something, you're still going to hit snags. And I think that one of the things that's really fun about hobbies and not taking it too, too seriously is you get a little more creative. I actually, um, this was probably a couple weeks ago, but I posted in my stories like a series of cake wreck. <laughs> I had a cake wreck situation and mm-hmm. ended up posting how I fixed it. But it was sort of funny because, oh, this was the um, the lemon coconut cake I made, which mm, became totally yes. accidental because all of a sudden my frosting got super chunky, which gross. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So people really appreciated me sharing about the rec side of things because, you know, the finished product looked great, but it was good to see the the process along the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, we have a lot more to chat about. We will continue that after a quick break. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self and... Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. As you know, I am all about micro improvements. And if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com slash edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, we are back, friends, and we're talking about hobbies and how to embrace them and be imperfect and wobbly and wonderful. (laughs) And my top recommendation uh, to start out here in this section is to start with a kit. I love kits. They are so handy when you want to try something new, but you don't want to invest a lot of time or money in all the startup supplies. So one way I have done this recently is with embroidery kits where I didn't want to, I didn't even know how to buy all the right colors and all the hoops and fabrics and all the things you need. So I will link up. I have to look it up to remind myself where I got them. I think it's stitched modern, but I have done some wonderful kits through embroidery. And more recently, my latest kit, I'm using air quotes because I don't even know if you can call it that. Is a mushroom growing starter block?
1: <laughs> so I, okay, I I I have to see this.
0: Oh well, you should look at my uh, I I should start a highlight in my Instagram stories because I <laughs> yesterday I filmed mushroom a whole bunch highlight. of video about my mushroom oh. starter kit. But I have wanted to eventually. I want to eventually learn how to grow food and plant it from seed and all this stuff. Uh, I don't really have a lot of space for that. Uh, Nor do I have a lot of time, and so I ended up learning about these mushroom starter blocks from my CSA, and I ordered one. It was only like $40. It's Fat Moon Mushrooms or Fat Moon Farm Mushrooms. I'll link it up, and it could not be easier. You like spritz it with water, and within five days, I had like a three-pound harvest of shiitake mushrooms. Are you kidding me? Three pounds? Unreal. And yes, there are going to be two or three. There's going to be another additional or second They call it a flush where it it lies dormant for a week and then it starts to grow again. But yes, the first the first runoff was insane and it was so satisfying. Okay, Uh, two things to know
1: about me. One is I love mushrooms. I love to eat them. I love to look at them. I love to I love mushroom art. I love mushroom like cards. I love the way they look. I love mushrooms. The second thing is. The movie Fantastic Fungi or Fungi, depending upon who you are, (laughs) is one of the most interesting movies you've ever seen. And if you watch that movie, you're going to fall in love with your little mushroom growing block even more. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's my friend. So watch Fantastic Fungi or Fungi. Okay, okay. Um, I love the idea to start with a kit. I have done the same myself, although not a lot. Um, But I do want to actually I have a friend who has done this with great success. My friend, Aaron, somehow or another finds the most beautiful paint by numbers kits, like Hmm. fancy paint by numbers kits. And if you look at the finished painting, you cannot believe that they are paint by numbers. I think she's done something like 10 of them. These beautiful, like beautiful, like just ornate pictures of birds and and other things, like things that she has now hung on her wall. That's how nice they are. Hmm. And she said it has just been her meditation and she has absolutely loved it. So there are some really great kits out there, not just the stuff that we played with as kids, you know, like paint this sailboat. Like
0: and you, you know, can still see the number underneath. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, with the little tiny pots of tempera paint. Remember yeah, those things? Yeah. You flip the top. Um no 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 there's some really great kits out there. Um my cousin does something called diamond painting where you like stick little tiny stickers. I mean, there are all sorts of interesting things that you can do. So mm. so yeah, do some googling. Yeah, cool. All right. My next tip is to find a partner or a mentor. Now, I am a person who loves to do things with people and I find that my learning increases. It just becomes more fun and interesting for me. And so a partner or mentor can come through a class that's what. That's how it worked for my dad. He joined a wood carving group, you know, like at the senior center, local senior center. But, you know, classes, even Zoom classes are great. Um, a, You could listen to a podcast. You could find somebody on YouTube who's doing what you want to do. Or you could even, you know, gather a group of friends and say, hey, let's all plant some seeds together and swap them. I mean, it's amazing how an activity can knit people together, especially, you know, again, when we're sort of awkwardly merging back into social traffic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Merging into social traffic. Yes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Awkwardly merging. Awkwardly merging. Let's social embrace. Traffic. Let's embrace.
0: Okay. Well, my next recommendation is actually, I love this one so much because it is to give yourself an out. So people who know me or, you know, follow me online or whatever know that I read a lot. I love reading. It is my escape. And I used to find, feel a lot of around finishing books i started but no more i i don't remember when i started this it might i think it was sometime during this pandemic but i decided that if i'm not into a book by page 50 it's okay for me to let it go and move on to another book because mm-hmm. i have had so many books where i've just struggled my way to the finish and then at the end i'm like this wasn't satisfying at all this was terrible mm-hmm. so um this was really helpful because i found that i think it was february i probably false started on like five books and just could not get into any of them. I didn't even make it to page 50 on all of them, but it was just very liberating. And also this is because I use my library system aggressively, <laughs> uh, but it was, it was great to just be able to say, mm, you know what? This isn't captivate captivating me right now. I'm going to move on until I find something that does.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Embrace the value of your own time and your own delight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing this for you. You're not doing this for the book. And, um, you know, I think that's really great. I think you, again, can embrace dabbling. You know, if you try a hobby for a bit, you know, you got to push yourself through those initial snags. But then if it's still just not working for you, like that actually happened to me with crochet. Like I love crochet. I like crocheted things. I like the idea of crochet. Everything about the concept on paper really worked for me. I like going into yarn stores, the whole thing. And I started crocheting and I crocheted for quite some time. And then at a certain point, I just said, you know, I'm not enjoying this. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not fun for me. And I, there were things I enjoyed about it, but not enough to keep me going and to actually spend my time trying something different. So, you know, again, there's opportunity cost when we do stuff that uh, it's not really working for us. So if, if a book or, or a hobby is not working for you, you know. Keep looking until you find something that does. And, you know, or maybe it works for you for a month and then you want to try something else. Yes. So uh speaking of switching up, that is my next tip, which is to sort of switch up your modality. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a person who likes to think a lot, or if your your job involves lots of mental work, or if you're a parent and that involves lots of mental work, try a hobby that gets your hands working. You know, like a craft or gardening or or something that really focuses on just the mind quieting, but the hands working Mm -hmm. on the other hand, if you like, for example, if you spend most of your time indoors, you know, for your job or whatever, try something that takes you outside. Just try something that really moves your body or your mind into a different space than it usually is. This has really been a revelation for me because, um, you know, just pursuing that balance. Um, I mean, I think it's sort of a a myth, actually, that our bodies and our minds are separate, but I think it's a helpful way to think about things. And I didn't pay attention too much to that before, but I really am now. So that has really helped me um, enjoy my hobbies more and also sort of feel renewed when I do them, even when I just, you know, sort of mess around and don't really accomplish anything. That process feels um,
0: restorative to me now. Yes. We must exercise all the different areas of our brain for sure. (laughs) I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we have a couple more ideas for how to edit the stress out of hobbies, and we'll do that after a quick break. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, Check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry leading sustainability standards and are a female founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Hello, friends. We are back and we are talking about hobbies. This is so fun. I want to go paint a picture of some wobbly produce, (laughs) Sasha, like ASAP today. Uh All right. Well, the last thing I want to talk about in this episode is to not feel or to resist the temptation of making a hobby that you're good at a hustle. And a hustle by a hustle, you mean turning it into a business. I mean, if you, if that's the goal and you want to do that, great, but Mm -hmm. I'll just use a concrete example I've mentioned here before, which is that I love making cakes. I am very meticulous at it. They usually come out pretty well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And anytime I share about one, somebody says, you should make a business. You should start a business. And my response is I have enough businesses. (laughs) And also because I'm not even though I'm much a uh, very much a planner and I'm very linear with cakes, I think because it's a tactile thing, I actually usually don't have a super firm design plan going in most of the time. And so it takes me a long time to do them because usually I hit a snag <laughs> and a forementioned snag. I need to redo something. I need to rethink it. So even if I wanted to make it a business, I would have to charge a lot of money for each cake because or I would just make no money. So anyway, my point is, I think it would stop being fun if I made it a business, which is why special occasions only.
1: (laughs) Mm. Okay, I'm really glad you talked about this, because, again, I think that, you know, obviously, well-meaning folks, appreciative folks are saying you should start a business. I mean, like that's such a natural thing to think and. You know, for us as humans, us, I'm talking about you, me and all everybody listening to this, you know, let's embrace the, the great value of fun, you know, mm-hmm. fun and just a creative pursuit that you can lose yourself in that in and of itself is so valuable. And I mean, presumably if you have a job or you have some other income earning situation in your life, you've got the money needs, you know, sort of addressed, not maybe not fully addressed, but you know, the value of adding that to your life cannot be really underestimated, even if it can't be quantified. So I am very glad that you are just sort of like, no, this is in my, I love to do it category, not in my business category.
0: Yeah. I will say, is it, well, John's birthday is coming up, but he's actually not much of a cake guy. Sometimes I get through periods of the year where I think, oh, I wish I had somebody to make a cake for. I just have a (laughs) I have a hankering to make a cake, but you've uh, never let that stop you. Yeah. You make the cake. Yeah. I, I make the cake. Um, Yes. Well, I'll, I will think about that, but yes, it's, it is, it is really good to just, as you said, embrace, embrace the fun. It's a mm-hmm. good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that leads me to my last tip of this episode, which is to make gifts. Mm-hmm. This is a really great way to think about, you know, like the stuff you make with your hobbies and um, you know, Most of it's not going to be perfect. Maybe some of it's going to be perfect. But let me tell you, whereas, you know, turning something into a business sort of puts it into a whole new category of sort of stress and, you know, production, making gifts for people is delightful. And I find that it actually motivates me um, to push through the difficulties to actually get to the end of something if I know I'm making something uh, for somebody I love and the people you love don't mind imperfections and it's actually sometimes the imperfect stuff that is, that makes the best gift. So I know that when I have received handmade things from anyone, including by the way, cakes from Christine, Christine's made me a cake before. Now those were not imperfect. They were perfect. But, um, but the point is that when someone makes something for you, it is just, you know, it's the greatest feeling ever. And, you know, right now, I know for me, reconnecting with my friends and the people I love is the thing I want to do most after this pandemic. And so sometimes it's hard to know where to start. And when you show up with a little handmade, whatever, or whatever it is, you know, something you've grown, a seed start, whatever, it just, it feels so good. So that is what I find really, really sort of takes your hobby to the next level.
0: Yes, I agree. I actually, well, I hope it isn't too embarrassing to say this on air here, Asha, but um, with painting this past year, I I sent you a picture of a portrait of you and Teddy, definitely imperfect. It was probably my second time painting with gouache paints. Mm -hmm. And then at Christmas time, I did, I actually did a painting workshop. It was a kit uh, from my friend Carolyn Mackin, who is an incredible Boston area artist, but I was able, the kit included four paint palettes and a tutorial. And I basically made paintings for my in-law family members. And it was just so wonderful. I mean, it wasn't like it was a magnificent work of art or anything crazy like that. But they were so appreciated just because they were made by a human that they knew. Well, I
1: um, I wish there were some way for me to share with all of you what it was like to, you know, Christine's done this to to me before. One time she actually showed up in person in my front door. Um, um, Remember, she lives in Boston and I live in Portland, Oregon. So that would be literally across the country from each other. But anyway, this package arrived at my door, this little thing. And, you know, I saw Christine's return address. I'm like, what's in here? What is this? I had no idea she had painted something for me. And so when I opened it and saw that she had not only painted me, but my dog, Teddy, I mean, it was just. It was, um, it, it was, I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but the fact is it was the most moving, touching. It was, I knew how much time that took you and just that you thought to do it. And again, like I said, you know, when someone makes you a gift, you just feel loved and you feel valued and appreciated. And and the whole thing, it was the best thing ever.
0: Asha and Teddy, they, they're the subject (laughs) of a lot of conversation around my house. (laughs) Anyway, Asha, let's close out this episode. I would love to hear what your next edit is today. Okay. My next edit is to
1: research local classes or workshops. Just see
0: what's out there in your town. Like
1: even one day intro workshops um, or virtual or in person, depending upon what's going on in your life. Um, I tend toward local things because the great thing about local workshops is that uh it can often lead to local friends or coffee dates or Mm -hmm. just other local resources but obviously there are lots of one day workshops on the internet just let yourself be guided and inspired with other people so there's no obligation to make conversation if you're a person you know i i obviously like to talk to people a lot but you might not feel that way it might feel awkward and so you can actually just sit in a class virtually or otherwise. And, you know, just be the quiet one. You can turn off your camera if need be, but it's just nice to start feeling like you're learning with other people. So Mm -hmm. I suggest that you start there. Mm -hmm. That's great. What about you?
0: My, your next edit is to ask your friends about their hobbies. I think that one, it can be a fun way to get some ideas for different things to consider and explore. And then two, it could be a relationship booster just as a means to reconnect at a baseline, but hey, if you end up doing something similar, it's a point of conversation. Maybe you guys register for a class together, that sort of thing. I think it's lovely to do hobbies with friends.
1: Absolutely. Speaking as someone who went birdwatching with a friend not so long ago, mm-hmm. let me tell you, it was awesome. And we just talked about birds the whole time. <laughs> and she also knew a lot more than I did, although I'm a pretty good watcher. All right, friends, hopefully you're inspired to just dabble a little bit in maybe some new hobbies or hobbies that you'd put down for a while. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to the resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com.
0: And this week, we'd like to know what is a hobby that you're enjoying right now? Chat with us on Facebook or Instagram at Show. And we'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about us. Thanks for listening.
3: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,